welcome to episode 26 of new indian woman podcast airing in late september 2020 friends in the last episode we met usha mukunda who for me is a true example of the word new indian woman we went through her life journey of many avatars reinventing herself every two decades or so in her current avatar she is mentor to librarians across india has influenced the thinking around libraries forever Welcome to this show again Ushanti. Thank you. Thank you so much and it's lovely to be back. Okay, so the focus of this episode will be to take the listeners to an imaginary library where they are sitting next to you. We do not have the good fortune of actually doing this physically with you, but let us try this virtually. Mm-hmm. We know the listeners are adults and you love children's books. So maybe we have to do some kind of adjustment. uh where you take us through some of the books that they would enjoy with the children in their lives so shall we start oh yes uh you said i sh- i should talk about or i could talk about books that they can enjoy with the children in their life yeah but i have something additional to share that these are books that they will enjoy in their own lives as well wonderful <laughs> I I I'm so happy to have a captive audience because sometimes even in a bus or a train if I find someone I start talking about these books. <laughs> I so would look what, forward to the day when I am in a train with you sitting next to me. <laughs> <laughs> you may regret it. But no. the thing is that what I'm going to talk about as you know I am a children's librarian. So what I I'm familiar with is children's literature hmm. but the books that we come across you know especially if they are wonderfully unique or uh, in some way unusual or talk about some very important themes these are books for all ages okay and we have seen that even in our school where we introduced these what we call picture books even to senior students who were just amazed you know they were like amazed to see that picture books can have so much so the first book that i want to share with you is called the why why girl okay it's a story by a person who is a great favorite writer of mine called mahashweta devi i don't know if you have heard of her krishna or yes maybe. i have read her book uh, queen about rani of jhansi uh, of And course i loved it Wow. So she is a woman who fought all her life. She passed away just a few years ago. A woman who fought all her life for the rights of women, for the rights of tribals, and she has written so many novels. But suddenly, I don't know how it came into her mind, but fortunately for us, she wrote a book for children. Mm-hmm. And This is the book called The Why Why Girl. Let me just tell you briefly about the story because it's so delightful mm. and keep in mind that it's a picture book so the illustrator is very important as well. Right. So the book has been published by Tulika mm-hmm. and it's illustrated by someone called Kanika Kini who happened to be a graduate of Srishti in Bangalore. Okay. So who is this girl she is a tribal girl called moina okay and through the day she is asking questions and many of her questions come from the life she has to lead mm-hmm. for example she will say why do i have to do all the work for the babus 
Can't they do it themselves? And why is it that I have to eat their leftovers? I want to eat my own food. Hmm. Why does the school not work when I've finished work? Why does it have to be in the morning so that I can't go to school? So these are some really interesting questions she asks about her own life. Mm-hmm. But she goes on to larger questions also. And how old stars. would be this girl in the story? In the story, she looks like she's about nine or ten years old. Oh, nice. Hmm. Lovely, actually. I wish you could see the pictures. So what happens is that she goes on asking these questions and the story is told by Mahashweta Devi. Okay. Hmm. So hmm. one day she asks, why do you read books before you go to sleep? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which is something I do all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's so this author Mahashweta Devi tells her, because books have answers to your whys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, after a period of time, Moina is 18 years old. As the story starts, she's just 9 or 10, but mm-hmm. now she's 18 years old. And because she believes that a teacher can change circumstances, she has become a teacher. Okay. And she tells the children who come to her, do you know? how the stars function in the sky? Mm. Do you know how, why some people eat this and some other people don't eat that? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, the nice thing is that uh, Mahashweta Devi ends by saying that if she knew I was writing the story about her, she would say, writing about me? Why? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But it's very so, interesting that Mahashweta Devi wrote, uh, uh, you know, children's, maybe so-called children's book, but these questions are relevant. So, see here, I just uh, give you a short uh, quotation from her. Hmm. All, all over India, she says, there are children, tribal and non-tribal, who always ask the question, why? I have seen many children like this and I have chosen Moina to tell this story. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. And she says, I have found that because tribal children are close to nature in mind, it's easy to explain things to them. They truly love nature. And in writing about Moina, I have written about so many children. And I write, she says, because I love children. So she is really somebody whom I uh, bond with. Mm. <laughs> I never met her, but I always heard about her. But the way she has written this story also, I feel like she's really my heroine. Oh, nice. So nice to hear about this story. And you had briefly touched upon the that beauty of the illustration, but I somehow feel there's a power in illustrations, which only recently I'm beginning to see. Yeah. So, uh, would you talk about that? How those influence children and or even adults? Yeah. Because how they can influence our mind is at a different level. Absolutely. You see, illustrators these days, I think, are very creative people, and they have they have a persona of their own. It's mm. not like the old days where you know you read a text and then you just kind of depict whatever the story is telling. Here, they use their imagination to go beyond the story. And Mm. sometimes, even the author might discover things that she or he had not thought of when they wrote the story, which the illustrator is managing to. It's beautiful. And uh, if only you could see these books, I think you will love them. And if you have children or if you have young siblings, please 
enjoy these books with them. Definitely. The next one, mm-hmm. shall I go on yes, to the next yes. one? Yeah. The next one is also by a very well-known uh, women's rights activist and mm-hmm. her name is Kamala Bhaseen. Hmm. I chose these two books because these are authors who have written many books for adults and who have written, you know, very forcefully uh, in support of women's rights and so on. And yet they are able to write such gentle and tender stories for children. So I've chosen these two. Now, mm. this one is called Malu Bhalu. <laughs> and mm. the uh, wonderful illustrator, if any of you have heard of her, is Bindia Thapar, who died some years ago, but she's an iconic illustrator for children. Mm. Bindia Thapar. This book, too, is published by Tulika, who okay. in the early days, were the only ones who were publishing wonderful books for children. Hmm. Okay, so this is a story about white polar bears at the North Pole. Okay. Now you may you will wonder, what is it? This obviously it's a completely children's story. Yes, right. at one level, it's true. It is. The other interesting thing about it is that the whole story is written in verse. It rhymes. Oh, okay. Rhyming, rhyming form. It has information, you know, not directly, but you learn a lot about the North Pole. Mm -hmm. And then you're delighted with the verse. But under the layer of this story, in fact, after you read the story, you'll discover there's so much more in this. And why did I say it's by a women's activist? Let me tell you. Mm. Okay. So Malu is a girl bear. Okay. Okay. So like Moina, she too is very bold Mm -hmm. and she wishes to explore the unknown. Now her father teaches her how to fool the hunters, Mm -hmm. you know, when they come Mm -hmm. by by just sort of burrowing herself into the snow and becoming like a lump of snow. Okay. So she's she's able to be safe from them. But Mm -hmm. then She wants to know more. She wants to know what lies beyond the horizon. Mm -hmm. So even though both her parents said, don't go, you're not yet old enough. One day when they're asleep, she sets off. Mm -hmm. So she sets off and of course she keeps going, going, going. But at some point, the ice on which she's standing uh, melts and starts uh, floating out into the swirling waters. Okay. Mm. Now, a seagull happens to see her and comes running to tell the parents. Now, here is the interesting thing. Mm. Who who of the two takes action first? What do you think? The father and mother are both worried about the girl. But when they hear where she is and the mother, much, the mother. <laughs> that's the beauty of the story. The mother mm. immediately runs to the rescue. No questions. The father is concerned. He's not an uncaring parent. He's not a cruel parent. Yeah. But she acts. You see, that's a very interesting thing. Right. For us unlike unlike the Lion King, where the mm. mother is a silent, a mute witness to the whole story. Right. Mm. Or you know, where you have women who have to uh, take arms against the husband or the father. Right. Not at all. He is a caring father, but mm. she acts. And then when she does rescue Malu, she hugs her. She doesn't scold her for disobeying. Mm. And the father is also very much there, uh, applauding and Mm. hugging Malu. They are a united family, you see. Many of us, sometimes we feel that 
to be a activist woman you have to go against people in your own family so but here it's not like that that's mm. why i love this story the women the, the mm. mother bear and the daughter bear both it's not just one they are not just equal to the male bear but mm. more than equal mm. <laughs> that's True. what i like it's nice and some of these concepts though we do not even state it out loud to children but somewhere these things influence them right in a I think yeah. so you know when they when they first read the story hmm. they one or two of them did ask me but why didn't the father go isn't he stronger huh. I said let's let's read on and see whether she really was strong or not to do the rescue <laughs> yeah i wish so i could see certain, the illustrations also <laughs> yeah so there are certain you know strong conditioning that happens yeah. when children are young and as women we have to bring about change right from our children absolutely For example, yeah i think i i don't know if i told you last time i have two daughters and a son but mm-hmm. my son i brought up to know everything about what the girls were menstruating what they were going through emotionally yeah and he learned how to cook so you know we have to sensitize uh, our children yeah. in that way correct i completely agree and this point that you highlighted at the start of introducing this particular book where uh-huh. there are these very strong women activists like if we uh, i have read the translation of mahashweta devi that book draupadi uh, that particular yeah. story draupadi it's yeah. like heart wrenching right and uh, it is uh, impossible to believe it's the same person who has written a children's book yeah exactly uh, you know and you know in a light hearted way she's done it hmm. but it's this holds in it the seed of right. the woman of the strong woman the activist but yeah. it's written in such a light hearted way so that children even at a young age can begin to see yeah this is the way we can be yeah true <laughs> <laughs> wonderful so do you believe that these children's books there there may be children's books are you know slotted for specific age groups but some of these books are across age groups right absolutely absolutely not only across age groups they're also for the adults yeah because as i said i love these stories and i was so happy that children loved them too hmm. so uh, they're not really you know when we say children's literature there are some great people i can't remember the quote now but great people who have said children's books are primarily for adults <laughs> yeah i remember one book uh, which i had bought for my children when they were very young which was about you know the zebra stripes yeah uh, whether yes. it is white on black and black oh. or white and you know and i remember my daughter wanted to gift this book to the library and uh, many years later uh, you know mm-hmm. when she was uh, after her 10th and all when she read it mm. uh, she felt it was talking about racism and how yes, we need to be exactly. treated the same and all that so right. beautifully through zebras because as a child she was seeing it as a story of white yes. and black zebras without the stripes yeah. <laughs> right. but later on the same book after n number of readings uh, of the yes, same book uh, somewhere it I, evolved i think krishna you have hit the nail on the head that these are books that are not to be read once and then thrown away hmm. these are books that stay with you and with each reading one more layer is uncovered one more layer is uncovered right. and you will find as you are older you will find more that, yeah. that is you know 
true relevant to you or that you discover or that you realize yeah beautiful yeah yeah true so i want to just focus on this particular aspect the popular books especially for children you know all those categorized as for children more mm-hmm. in terms of how soon we can introduce it to them a specific mm-hmm. set of books so i am referring to children's books in that context Absolutely. so what could be the ways in which reading in ra- regional languages can be encouraged i think there are a large number of us who are now working with the you know spreading the word with these books mm-hmm. for one thing the children we work with across the country many of them don't know english also hmm. so in some sense these books which have been translated into many regional languages are mo- most appropriate for them and they begin to discover these books hmm. but more, more than anything many of us are now realizing that actually indian authors indian illustrators are as good as if not better than their western counterparts because mm. they are looking at real issues on the ground here in india and yeah. talking about them yeah and it is more relatable also yes, uh, yes even from an is. illustration standpoint everything yeah. it is so the landscape the way the characters are dressed everything so you are immediately aligned with the character maybe yeah, yeah. and also in fact if there is time the next book uh, will show you how historically also Uh, these books uh, help us and help children to learn about the past in a very non-confrontational way you know mm-hmm. yeah please please uh, should i yeah, yeah, i don't know if yes. you have time so the next one is called mukand and riyas uh, it's again by a very well known uh, uh, filmmaker and uh, artist called nina sabnani okay so she again she writes this almost in the first person though we don't realize it but it's mm. a story from the time of partition okay and told from the perspective of two boys who live in karachi mm-hmm. they are close friends and we we are not told specifically that one is a sikh and one is a muslim you pick it up from mm. their names mm. or from the clothes they wear but they have much more in common cricket what they love to eat where they hang out mm. and in fact mukund has a favorite red cap he wears all the time mm. you know which riyas wants actually he'll okay. keep asking why don't you give me that cap <laughs> but suddenly everything changes one day okay mm-hmm. there are so british soldiers are on the streets there is loud shouting and sounds of clamor and blood on the streets and riaz comes running to their house to tell him and his family that there is a ship mm-hmm. which will take them to india but they must hurry and they must dress up in muslim dress with mm-hmm. a jinnah cap Okay so they quickly put on Riaz gives him his jinnah cap and as the ship goes you know Riaz and Mukund are waving to each other hmm. and suddenly Mukund takes off his favorite red cap and throws, throws it across it. Oh. the water to Riaz so now nice. hmm. the last line in this book is what makes this story unforgettable hmm author says Mukund was my father oh my god so it's a very much a true story but we don't get to know this right from the beginning that's hmm, the beauty of beauty it, of it. you are yeah. reading it as a story and then at the right. end 
he was my father oh my god <laughs> yeah did you like that did definitely you like this definitely so i want to hear is it. the historical perspective hmm. see yeah and any child who listens to this or anybody who looks at this it's a personal connect in what you hmm. you know in the what you read in history to this yeah and the friendship of the boys right. and cricket it's all very by the way she's done her own uh, illustration okay. uh, like she's made like wood cuts you know oh, it's it's okay. more like uh, it's not a drawing or a hmm. painting Hmm. Um she's an animator you see so okay. she has done like wood cuts oh. beautiful okay Wonderful. i really hope very much that your listeners will go out immediately <laughs> and look so when you read this book out you know when you read that last line and all that it is uh, we are all imagining that you know that, that boy standing there and throwing it etc so here i want to ask this what is this i would like to know from you one is children reading books or adults reading books but reading out to children reading yeah. a book out to children what how do you think that is important uh, and till what age that's very very important because you can begin it from very young age right even hmm. like i my sister has a one year old grandson uh, to whom she reads out so hmm. that listening is happening yeah and uh, you know just looking at the pictures is also happening hmm. and and i think many families at least middle class families they do have a habit of reading bedtime stories out to their children hmm. i hope that still continues <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i also know of couples who are in their 60s who who one of them will read out to the other at Ooh. bedtime oh really that's nice <laughs> so there is no end of reading out there is no age bar yeah. <laughs> because at this point uh, when my children are much older and mm-hmm. they understand regional languages but they don't necessarily read mm-hmm. books in them i'm very tempted to read out i call them but uh, you know they do not come but i'm tempted to read out books in regional languages which is beautiful because at least they will understand while they may not read absolutely I think and, do it do it over a meal yeah. maybe uh, while they are eating or while they're having breakfast just start it off yeah. and if, if the story is gripping enough the next day and the other trick is not to overdo it just yeah. do it for 10 minutes you know yeah, and then that is wonderful true yeah. yeah maybe that is definitely a good tip and somehow this bonding over um, books Uh, huh. is something which i have enjoyed i would like to know your views also because it's so nice to uh, in our family we call each other and it is just about a book a memory of a book and we just talk about that nothing else happens in the call so i mm-hmm. wanted to uh, you to like people who are book lovers you know they are yeah. already there uh, mm. and for people the listeners out there i have met so many people who feel you know i am i do not read books i wish i could start somewhere but i really do not know how to and they feel their children should start reading but somewhere i i tell them you should start reading that is when your children will also start reading i don't know right. whether it's right. right or wrong but if somebody actually, is not interested yeah. how do they start what is no, the... i think uh, when you said you you start reading then your children would read i think it's not one uh, like uh, sequential one after the other you read with your children hmm. okay for example these books that i have shared with you these are books that you can start there is no like uh, feeling of uh, awkwardness because you're reading a children's book because these are amazing books hmm. so 
start with these books only and then slowly, slowly, once you enjoy the books and you realize who the authors are, you might be interested in going and looking for other books by that author or your children will start growing up and they may be reading books which they would like to discuss with you. So you need to read them too. Yeah. You know, there are many parents who used to tell me, oh, my child is reading all kinds of books and I don't know. I said, have you found out? Have you read the books yourself with them, mm. you know, along with them? Whatever books they bring from the library or from school, you also pick them, pick, pick it them. up and yeah. read it. Then you can have a dialogue with your child, you know, about no, But it. here I have one question. So mm-hmm. nowadays children, especially in cities, are more tuned to reading in English, you know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, a parent may not be so comfortable, um, you know, yeah, they may understand a bit of English and all that. That's but true. reading in English, it is a little Im- intimidating, especially if the book size is bigger, I've noticed. That's true, that's true. So what do you suggest how maybe I mean, uh, some books in a... Hindi or something, could you suggest some first book? Of all, first of all, they should read in the language of their comfort. That's hmm. very clear, right? Children may be, first of all, if they are able to read, that is, yeah? yeah. So they should read in the language of their comfort and they can start with very simple books which their children bring home. Hmm. If, if they can. The other thing is that, of course, there are books in Hindi and Kannada which are amazing. At, at the moment, I don't immediately, I was hmm. not ready. So not in terms of publisher but, or, you know, somewhere do they look for such books? See, the, there are publishers for children mm-hmm. and there are publishers who are writing for young adults also. Okay. Right. It's hard for me to just offhand suggest books because I'm used to matching the book to the person. Oh, <laughs> or, personalized. I do that. Yeah. yeah, I always try to do that to begin with because, yeah. you know, if I know what their interest is, then I can suggest a book which they will read. Otherwise, I'm just suggesting books that I like or which are famous. Yeah. It won't. So, which means, actually, uh, I got one tip from what you said. So, if you were new to reading, a listener, if you were new to reading and you are comfortable in your regional language, maybe the easiest thing is to speak around, ask uh, people who maybe they know children's books, maybe they know uh, adult books, but whatever, you speak to people and they are sure to uh, guide you. At least some mm-hmm. books. That would be a good starting point, I would presume. At least Definitely. to find out publishers in each uh, language. Yeah, and also uh, there are newspapers which carry reviews. So mm-hmm. probably a Hindi newspaper would carry Hindi books, reviews. And uh, Kannada, uh, you know, like Prajavani does carry reviews. And, but and here yeah. I may add, even if you're mm-hmm. completely new to reading... I would mm-hmm. request listeners to search for podcasts because there are wonderful podcasts ah, where yeah. they read out books. Ah, I course. definitely feel that doesn't replace reading, but that can yeah. be a good starting point yes, if one yes. is new to the whole idea of books and stories. Uh, that is wonderful. Right? <laughs> I think you've, you've uh, hit on something. But okay. for new readers, I yeah. would also say that there are uh, wordless books which are, have been brought out by NBT. Oh, National Book National Trust. National Book Trust. There are a range of them which have been illustrated by very famous artists, you know. Oh, beautiful. That and, is a uh, good thing. if yeah. one can look for that, 
it's a start because i mean this is really really for a start of people who are not comfortable in english they just begin to get used to holding a book to going through pages enjoying the pictures that's mm. how it starts and then i think if there is any library close to you i think even the public library you can just go in and browse there's nothing thing like browsing yeah, uh, yeah to actually pick up a book i think maybe i would like to say to your readers don't read immediately just browse yeah just go to a bookshop and spend time go there go to a bookshop go to a library just browse and then slowly as you look at things you will start developing your own lens right and that's the best thing rather than us telling you what to read that sounds too much like a school <laughs> <laughs> yeah so first of all we one doesn't need to feel intimidated or scared about the whole entering a bookshop when one doesn't read doesn't oh, matter not at all just tell them you want to browse <laughs> that's, and that's the right of every reader or non reader to browse <laughs> beautiful uh, i know ushanti you were talking about you were involved with lot of government schools mm-hmm. so how like people who are used to reading etc from our audience how do you think they can engage with children from these schools how how can they engage with children from uh, government I, schools I, in terms of books yeah in every place wherever you live you will find a government school near your house i would suggest just walk into that school find out if they have a library find out if they can give you some time to read out a book to them they would be so happy and so would i actually because i can't reach every government school child if you are all doing it on my behalf i will be so happy that's so beautiful which means uh, if you that doesn't require any qualification nothing you no, just no, need no, to no. I, you know you don't the, need if, to feel scared about it just go and ask is what you're saying if that if that headmistress or headmaster has any kind of a vision for the school and the children they will be only too happy you can only thing is that you have to sustain it yes from the from the perspective of the school it's yeah. not like you just go in for fun and have fun and come away and never go there again hmm. because that would be so sad for the children they right. begin to look for you they begin to look forward to having you yes so I, even if you can't do it put something into place and hmm. then move yeah yes that's a wonderful tip for not only engaging for our own uh, happiness but even with other children yeah your um, happiness will be assured if you yes. go and interact with young children absolutely ushant <laughs> any other points you want to share uh, well there was one book oh, that, okay uh, it's sure. a, it's a bit of a serious book and i don't know if uh, we'll go ahead No it is okay we will we do not know our readers anyway i'm hoping somebody will pick on to this particular point they may like yeah. this part yeah see this is a book which is a big leap from the earlier three books because mm-hmm. it's on a very different theme okay hmm. so i'm not going to say any more i'll just tell you that the story is called behind the lie Mhm and the author is Asha Nehemaya mm-hmm. and the brilliant brilliant illustrator is a girl called Aindri Chakraborty Okay okay so this book i feel has broken what i might call the sound barrier by giving a voice to people who need to speak out and mm-hmm. ask for help at a quick if you open the book and at a quick glance at the first page you may say that yeah it's showing a normal house the children are in their school uniforms they're eating breakfast the mother is sitting at the table with them yeah 
Hmm. Okay, that's normal. But then you look again and suddenly you see some chilling details over there. Hmm. The children's eyes look hunted or haunted by fear. Hmm. The boy is sweeping some broken pieces from the floor. The mother is holding a hot compress to against her cheek and looks completely exhausted. Hmm. And if you look even more closely, this is the most chilling part. A man's belt hangs on the back of the sofa. Oh. Hmm. The illustrator has done such a brilliant job of letting you uncover each horrific detail. Have you guessed what this book shows? It is uh, domestic abuse. Yes, absolutely. It's about domestic abuse. But the author has been really brave in taking up this issue in a book for children, children but yeah. middle school children age 12 and above. Hmm. Okay? And of course it goes through various things, but what also struck me is this is the touch of real realism that the story looks at various options for meeting this abuse hmm. but ends without a definite solution it ends hmm. with some hope it ends with some hope but it ends without saying oh everything is fine now right know? right that was the touch of reality that i felt was a brilliant touch in this book and such a brave thing to put it across for a children's book so i'm sorry i'm ending with this chilling book but <laughs> i think it it is a necessary thing for us all yes. to face face this fact right pa- <laughs> very know, powerful now, Yeah you know that they have been saying that all over the world after this lockdown happened the instances of domestic abuse have risen so much so much true true yes, really that is the thing that we have to be aware of <laughs> yeah and it is high time we start uh, talking about it and not yeah. uh, uh, pretend as if these things don't happen that's right so because that's why it's called behind the lie because hmm. every time they go to the shop to buy something and the, and the shopkeeper says what's happened to your mother why isn't she cooking today they'll say oh she's got a bit of a headache yeah. she feels like she's feeling tired it's so realistic realistic <laughs> thanks for letting me share these books which yeah. are such a delight for me <laughs> we are happy to have you uh, with us ashanti so it has been a wonderful interacting again with you listening to your inputs and believe me th- in this particular uh, podcast this episode is something very special so i <laughs> really appreciate this session i hope the listeners do too i hope so i hope so and i hope you stay till the end <laughs> yeah and friends uh, like ushanti said in the last episode she's most happy to interact with you so feel free to write to her about your reading journey and more yes or or with more questions about what to read i'm happy to share because i may not have had everything ready at this juncture but i'm happy to share so her i'll announce your email id Mm-hmm. her email id is usha.mukunta at gmail.com please look out for the book references uh, and the email id in the show notes of this episode i will definitely include them or in case you do not know how to access the show notes head over to the website thenewindianwoman.com all these and the front covers of these books we will make it available there ah, i will That's try to lovely. see if i can put links to the tulika website where these books wherever these books are referred whether from there itself you can click and go to these books yeah tulika pratham also yeah tulika and pratham okay definitely we'll add that thank you so much thank you krishna Do visit my website 
thenewindianwoman.com for related blogs on this topic. Of course, I would love to hear from you. You could rate or leave a comment in your podcast app or write to me at krishna at thenewindianwoman.com. Remember, you are what you want to be and the time starts now. Thank you.